This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida. And I'm Joseph Berto from White City, Oregon, and you are listening to a special Horse Husbands Only edition of Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for March 22nd, episode 1898, brought to you today by the Equity Shaken Fork. I am a manly man who lives a manly life in my manly house with my manly wife. And now, from the Man Cave at the Horse Radio Network, the monthly Horse Husbands episode starring Timothy Harfield of Horsehubby.com and America's Horse Husband, Glenn the Geek. This one is for you guys. No horsewomen allowed. Well, we're back, everybody, on the Horse Husbands episode, and as we always tell you at the beginning of every Horse Husbands episode, you, uh, this is uh, only Horse Husbands, no women allowed. So if you're a woman, no women you, you have to just turn us off now, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Speaking about uh, being back tomorrow, I'm going to talk about that in a minute because we have a very special shows coming up for you all weekend long. But on today's Horse Husband episode, we're going to be talking to some guys, including us, who were horse husbands not interested in horses, or in one case, a boyfriend not interested in horses, and all of a sudden got turned on to it and then uh, turned into riders. Uh, and I'm, in my case, I'm a driver, and Joseph's a, a pretty, you're, you're, of all the three of us that are going to be on the show today, you're the most serious of us all as far as turning into a horsey guy but uh everybody on the show today kind of turned into horsey guys uh, so we're going to talk to the surprise of their wives i think too yes and uh, uh much to the jealousy of a lot of other wives out there who would love to have their husbands have anything to do with the horses so right, that's right. what we're going to be talking about on today's show. But I wanted to remind you, first of all, that Road to the Horse starts tomorrow uh, here on Horses in the Morning. We're going to be providing you coverage all weekend long. So Friday morning, Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, Jennifer and Tara Carter are going to be providing shows from Road to the Horse at the Kentucky Horse Park at the Alltech Arena. Of course, Road to the Horse is the premier colt starting competition in the world. It's the 15th anniversary, so all all the competitors that have come back this year, all four of them, have been previous champions at Road to the Horse. So it's going to be a lot of fun. They're each training two of the untouched uh, quarter horses from the uh, 6666 Ranch in Texas. So they're going to be uh, doing that over the weekend, and Jennifer and Tara are going to kind of guide you through that. And then on Sunday, we're going to have four hours of live coverage on Horses in the Morning, and that's going to be the finals. And what they do is they take these horses that have, they really only trained in a round pen for about three or four hours over the 
previous two days, and they take them through an obstacle course. So it's a lot of fun to watch. It's a lot of fun to see the different personalities of the horses and the different styles of the trainers. And these are all really good, uh, very patient, uh, natural trainers that you're going to see out there. The horsemanship is at the top level. I've been very impressed over the years I've gone. They don't push the horses. If the horses aren't ready, they don't push them. It's they. They always have the horses in mind, and that's what makes this show, I think, so so unique and so interesting. And we're and how the, far along they can get the horses too. It's that, amazing. That's what's just crazy. It is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. And and you see the different techniques because there's four round pens in the arena, and they're all training at the same time. So you get to look at all the different horses and their progression, and it really. I, you know, I'm a horse husband. This for me could be boring, right? Because it's three days of watching people train horses in the arena. But because you see the personalities of the horses come out, some are comedians, some are just stubborn, some don't want to be there at all, some are very receptive and and just want to do it. So, and you get to see all of that right in front of you, you know, with four different horses at the same time. So it's really cool. And then they have demonstrations and stuff all weekend too. But we are the only place you're going to find live play by play coverage of the finals on Sunday. So Horses in the Morning is the only spot for that. Uh, They're not doing a webcast this year like they have in years past, so you're going to have to come here to Horses in the Morning to hear that, and I'm sure Jennifer and Tara will do a terrific job. Horsesinthemorning.com is where you can find it, or horseradionetwork.com, or you can use the live button on our app, on the Horse Radio Network app. Uh, That will provide you the coverage on your phones as well. All right. Can't wait to see it. So, it. so our topic uh, here uh, is is guys that have started out, you know, maybe not too interested in the horses, but we we ended up with horsey women, and then all of a sudden, you know, we kind of got into it. And then in one case, along the years, I had more horses than my wife, which she let me know in no uncertain terms that was not fair at that point in our lives. Um, but, you know, that's what happened. Now, what happened in your case? Kind of give us the Reader's Digest of what happened and what, how you became actually more horsey in a way. I, I'd have to say, Glenn, that um, as we've talked to a lot of horse husbands, there's, there's some tremendous good qualities about horsewomen. And you marry a horsewoman because of their, their, their kindness and because of their interaction with, uh, with another being and so on. And the horse part of it just is the the penance that you pay to be around the the woman that you love, right? And the horse husbands, we're the gamut, just like the horses you were talking about at, at the uh, Road to the Horse, where some of them are receptive to it and some of them are bored by it. Some of them think it's funny and so on. But in my wife's case, she just allowed me to just not do anything with horses, just watch what was going on. But... She always made it clear, like the same as when I wanted her to go for a a ride in a helicopter, an airplane. I didn't make her gas up the plane. I didn't make her polish it. I didn't make her do a pre-flight. All I said was, come on out to the airport. Let me strap you in and let's go for a ride. Well, unfortunately, in her case, she would barf. And so flying. (laughs) Didn't happen a lot, did it? (laughs) Yep. That was the end of it. I mean, she would fall asleep or or she would throw up. And so there was just no future in us getting into flying together. But this horse thing continued to happen. And my wife would just have everything ready, meaning the horse was was tacked up. It was groomed. It was just ready to go. And and she even had found a horse. I was kind of into horse farming at the time, and she'd found this Percheron mare named Roxy. And eventually, it just became a natural thing to get on this this big back 
Percheron mare and I got on with my wife and we would go for trail rides and I would have so much fun. I would laugh and I would just be joyous on this. And uh, my wife was never pushy and she never said, you got to have your heels down or your back straight or your reins, this or that. It was just, just go for a ride. And um, uh, I would say over a period of some years uh, going to the, the expos and with the flex and fork and the fencing that we did, I would watch all of these riders and the Pirelli movement began to happen. And I watched a man named David Jay, uh, who became the head of medieval times. And I watched him riding in Andalusian and this man was magnificent on a horse. That horse had so much fun. The horse was enjoying what he was doing. David sits so, so well on a horse and he was smiling and I couldn't actually see what aids or what he was doing to make that horse perform. He was that professional at what he did. And I decided that that is what I wanted to do. And, and, and so there was nothing in, in my past that, that said that, but once I took the bit, um, I, that's kind of how it happened. And I wound up going over to Europe and, and, uh, getting entranced by the Iberian horse and then, uh, buying more Iberians over here and then starting the website. I mean, yeah, you jumped in the deep end. (laughs) Oh my God. I, well, something happened. Um, there, there was, uh, there was a ride that I was on a horse and, and some, something clicked and I can't tell you what it is. Probably more women can tell you what it is. But I was able to get into a, a zone riding where the horse would do what I was asking to do it to do almost by thought. And I realized that the, that the reins and the bit and your feet and your legs were in a lot of ways were interfering what it was that your mind was asking the horse to do. And so learning to, 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 to separate the aids and apply appropriate aids at the appropriate time and having these 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 uh, rides on a horse that were just, all you could call it was magical, um, became just something that I, I, I pursued with tremendous vigor, much to the amazement of my wife. How did she who, feel about that, by the way? Uh, uh, I, you know, we've never really come to grips with that. She, she likes to go on trail rides and, and ride in a, in a Western saddle, and, and I manned up and, and put on tights and, or breeches and got an English saddle and one that fits. And uh, and went over to Portugal, and she she did that a couple of times. But um, it, it's you know it's a different language, and either it's a language you're going to hear and and uh, want to want to you know get involved with. But honestly, I don't think I've met more than one or two other guys that have absolutely um, been bit a rabid bit by uh, by this, and to where I I took my whole life and turned it upside down and. Unfortunately, as, as most horse husbands know, if there isn't something in the background helping to support all of this, it, it, can, get, um, it can get pretty darn overwhelming pretty fast. And I had to go back to work full-time with flying the helicopters, and when that happened, kind of the spell was broken. And I'd come back from you know several months of being away and go to, to work with my horse, and, and he'd, he'd think I had lightning bolts coming out of my hands or something because... All the all the sensitivity was gone, and and uh, and so yeah, things things have never quite been the same as they were. But I I, I still to this day I love to ride, and we've made a new colt, a new uh, Iberian colt that um, in the next 
a year or two, I hope to start and begin again now that I'm, I'm no longer flying. So uh, my, my career with horses is not over yet. Yeah, and I did it, I did it, and I think this is a story for a lot of guys, and we'll find out with the guys we have on today, but I did it, I got involved with it because, well, I was doing a lot of work around the farm, we had a big farm at that point, and so I was doing a lot of the work, well, and then all the boarders and Jennifer would go off, you know, hop in the trailer and go off trail riding someplace, when they'd go off trail riding, and I'd be left at home, and I had no way to go along, and I didn't, I tried riding, I tried taking lessons with Jennifer, that didn't go well. So no, no, that never no goes it doesn't. Well. No, it never goes well. So I, you know, and I did ride some, and I just never enjoyed it all that much. So that's when she said, "Well, let's try a carriage." So I tried a carriage, and it gave me a way to go along with the with the gang, and to be part of the group when they went away on on these massive trail rides. So I got to do that, and you know, that was that's what I enjoyed. And then I ended up with percherons and ponies, and you know. It, so, you know, I got into it that way, but I never wanted to show. I never took a lesson. I've still never taken a lesson. Jennifer helps me, you know. When, she tells me when I'm doing something that's going to be ad, adverse to the pony um, or or the, just help the situation out, you know. And then I, I, I've learned in my old age after 30 years of marriage to actually listen. So I do listen more than I did before. <laughs> more than do I you, did. When you go trail riding, you're, you're, you take your your cart and you go down yep. a, on, on a trail? Yep. We have wide trails here. Um, oh, we yeah, go, wide. yeah, we have places here because this is also the home to most carriage drivers in the winter in Ocala. So they have a lot of the parks and things here have really wide, really beautiful trails. Uh, and that's where we go out and, and we can go for miles on, on these beautiful groomed grass trails. So it, it works out great for the cart and, you know, and there's a lot of places around here we can do that. So, and when you when you're dri- driving your your cart, mm-hmm. do you trot or do you ever canter? Do the Ben Hur thing or what? Is there? Is <laughs> we there we some try excitement? not to canter. It's not comfortable in a two wheeled cart. Um, well, so how about a gallop? We, we my pony trots really fast because he's a hackney, and oh. my pony can trot the same speed as Jennifer's. Uh, you know, sixteen one hand thoroughbred can do a, a slow canter. So oh, he'll wow. be cantering and the pony will be trotting and they'll still be racing. <laughs> um, wow. Now the pony will break into a canter every once in a while when, when he's being naughty or really wants to move along or up a hill or something like that. We don't have a lot of those in Florida either, but, um, but you know, that we, and, and it's so interesting because we go out and when we come across other trail riders, we have to be careful because a lot of the horses freak out at the carriage. Because they haven't oh, yeah. seen carriages before, so we always have to pull off and stop and let them come by and see it slowly and everything. But what we found in the past is if we go out trail riding, the horses are always freaky about the carriage to start with. But then at, halfway through the ride, they're all right behind me. They all yeah. tuck in behind the carriage and kind they, the horses kind of use it as a safety thing. So it's huh. like, okay, we'll just follow the car. I used to have more horses just breathing down my ears uh, because they would tuck in right behind the carriage. Uh, and it, and then it becomes their friend. So it's kind of interesting how that works and how it develops over a course of a ride. But yeah, that's that's why I did it was just to be part of the group. And, and you know, I was doing all the work around the farm. I thought there got to be something more fun to this horse thing than doing fixing fence twenty four hours a day uh, and putting up you know tractor trailers. And now it's taking hold, right? What's that? 
I mean, you, you, I mean, it's taking hold now. Look at what you do for a living. Yeah, exactly. But I'm still a horse just, husband. I still don't do boo-boos. I still don't do cuts. If there's blood, I'm out. You know, uh, if there's injuries, I'm out. So I'm still a horse husband <laughs> that way. Jennifer does all that. I'm not, I'm not involved in that. <laughs> so. Oh, have you, have you now, now you have a, a, a pony, but have you had a, a driving horse as well? We had draft horse. I had Percherons for a while. I had a couple per- Percherons. Oh. Yep. Uh-huh. So we rode and drove them. So we have something else in common. Yeah, that's right. Riding Percheron. That's right. Love Perch. Oh, I, I'd love to get another Percheron someday. They're yeah, such cool yeah. horses. They really are. Yeah. Well, let's hear yeah, about yeah. the Shake and Fork, and then we'll get to our guests. Okay. Well, uh, Shake and Fork is now about ten years. Uh, ten years old. We've been been selling them and building them for about ten years. And there's a lot of people that are still resistant to the idea of an auto sifting tool to help you to clean your stalls. And um, this is the same sort of thing that occurred when when uh, the digital cameras came out, where people thought you can't possibly have a good photograph if you're not adjusting the f-stops and the ASA and everything. But it turned out that digital cameras had come a long way. And that's sort of the same thing with the auto-sifting shake and fork, is, is if you want to go out and continue to, to pick up the manure and the shavings and then shake it on your own and separate the manure and, and throw it away, just don't run the motor. And you, you can still have that, that experience. Some people think that it's, it's going to give you more exercise and so on. But it doesn't take very long before you realize that it's so much easier, so much more beneficial to your muscles and your joints, your pocketbook, your time, just to let a little motor in the bottom of the handle do the, do the work for you. They're lithium-ion powered, as Glenn, you already know. The batteries, they last forever. I use um, mine today. What's mine? Six years old? Probably be. six years old. Yep. Yeah, I use mine you, today. You the horses have been in because it's been storming here the last couple of days. They've been in a lot, and stalls are pretty dirty. And that's get out the shaking fork. Yep, and and especially for the people that that really like to get every tidbit out, um, rather than going through sifting through a whole pile of shavings, you just squeeze the trigger for another couple of seconds. You'll be able to clean somewhere between twelve and twenty stalls before you have to recharge it. It'll pay for itself in uh, in time and shavings, and uh, you can go to Equity Manufacturing. That's E Q U I T E E M F G dot com, and uh, it now, gives you all the different options. One thing on we there. don't talk about a lot, but I thought about it today as I was cleaning the shavings, is you can, you get can get different size heads, right? The t- the tines are further apart for diff- depending on the bedding you use. Yeah, the the people that have kind of uh, the curly shavings, the the kind that you would get um, uh, planar shavings. Those ones, most people would like to have the wider tines. Uh, if you buy your shavings in a bag where they've been crushed or you buy what are called mini flakes or especially the pellets, pellets where yeah. it's almost sawdust, then you can get a fine tine head and you can make that selection. Or the best thing to do, we found, is buy a combination where you have one of the forks that you do manually with the wide tines and then have your, your auto-sifting um, shaken fork, and that'll take care of all the fine stuff. Because you're obviously not going to be using the shaken fork outdoors. Right. And uh, that combination will allow you to take care of both. And where do they get it again? That's at Equity Manufacturing, E-Q-U-I-T-E-E-M-F-G dot com. All right, let's get to our guests. Well, joining us on the roundtable tonight, coming to... We're going to talk to him first so he doesn't fall asleep on us. Uh, Coming to us very late at night from the UK, we have Steve with us, who's also an auditor. Hi, Steve. Hi, Glenn. Now you tell us a little bit about how this horsey thing started. Was it with your? You're not married, but you've been with your girlfriend for about five years. Was she the mm-hmm. horse person? Yeah, she had 
a pony when she was a when when she was a child. Um, they had a, they had a, a a pony at home, and he he was sold when when she went to university. But um, so she stopped riding at, at that point. Really, when we were on holiday, she suggested it as a as an activity. The the place we were staying had a a, a whole book of cool stuff to do in the local area, and I said, well, if they'll take a complete beginner. And she phoned up and they said they would. And so we went for two hours in the hills on a on a trek. And and that was it, really. Now, did she get back I, into it then and then you joined in? Or how'd that work from that point well, on? I, after a little while, I realized that I, I wanted to start. I, I was pretty bad at it, but... <laughs> I mean, it's like of, the rest of us. <laughs> Because I could only walk and uncomfortably, tr- uncomfortably sitting trot by hanging onto the saddle, and that and I thought there must be a way of getting better at this. So there's a place um, near near where we live in Scotland that does uh, adult be- adult beginner lessons. Steve, what kind of horses are you riding there? They're just they're they're mostly just sort of um, painted um, sort of cob horse cob types. Mm. Some of them are some of them are off the track thoroughbreds some of them are um you know they've come from all they've come from all sorts of places she's she owns a huge mix of 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 horses and ponies and you're writing english is that correct yeah yeah Uh and are you both riding now do you both take lessons at the same time yeah we both i i eventually got good enough that it was worth her coming along because when i was just riding around learning how to trot and counter there was that wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been a very interesting interesting um, use of her time. So she didn't come along then, and then when I got better. Um, and how surprised was along. Camilla that you you took an interest? I mean, did was there any horses in your background, or what was? No, I'd never never ridden, never never sat on a horse before, never never been particularly close to horses before. I just just fell in love with it. It was just it was just something I really enjoyed. That thing that happens, that that thing that yeah. appeals to your inner spirit, that a horse, you know, does, that us guys are like, wow, where'd that come from? Well, some guys, <laughs> some some guys, yeah. Well, and that brings us to David. David. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, now, David. Now, Mary Hawkins hey, is, hey, hey. is your wife, and she's very active in uh, our other group. Um, and I think we got two different stories coming out here about uh, about your situation. So, how long ago did you marry? First of all. Uh, we've we've been married over thirty years, oh, wow. so we've been together for a while. Yeah, a little and, while. Um, yep, and um, kind of our story is that we've moved around with my career over the eastern United States, and we've ended up down here in Texas, and uh, we ended up with a small ranch that we've added to, and we're running some cattle, and so natural progression. She bought herself a horse, and um, um, was riding it, and it needed a friend. And so I guess in November of 2016, she came home and said, um, well, I bought you your Christmas present. I said, okay, well, that, that's cool. She said, I got you a horse. And I go, well, I don't remember <laughs> asking a horse for, uh, for Christmas. And, uh, she said, well, you wanted a horse one day. And I go, well, not today. And, uh, <laughs> um, so that's how I got my horse. And, um, and so it, it's out at our ranch, and um, 
Um, your, your question to the other gentleman, you know, no, I didn't grow up with horses. Um, Mary did, and she's a very accomplished horse person and actually professionally teaches young people how to ride, um, right now. And so, um, and in the course of our marriage, if we go someplace that would have horses to ride, we rode horses, but that's different. You know, I, I, those, what I call nose to tail, the horse would follow the one in front and you didn't have to do anything. And so this horse that she bought me, you know, I had learned how to use the accelerator and the brake and put it in reverse and, <laughs> and do all that stuff. And, and you um, had to learn the bitey and, end from the kicky end. <laughs> and yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the spitty end from the pissy end too. And so, uh, uh, all that stuff. And so, um, um, that's what's bad about, um, uh, you know, only a verbal conversation. I'm a very big man. And so I have a, a evidently, this is a pretty large horse. It's 16 and a half hands tall. And, um, both of our horses are quarter horses and, um, um, I, I like it. I like it You have it a, a 16 and, and uh, a half hand quarter horse. That's a big yeah. horse. That's a big Hopefully quarter it's got horse. Big enough feet. <laughs> well, well, I'm I'm six seven and and oh, booking wow. two hundred twenty five pounds, and so we didn't want to put me on a pony where my feet would drag no. on the ground. And my <laughs> wife, my my wife was able to accomplish that, and so um, I've grown to it. We love animals. That's the whole point of of the ranch. Is you know we run cattle and we run these horses, and we've we 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 have. Uh, taken on three many horse rescues that will just live their lives out at our place. And, uh, I'm, I'm a big outdoors person and, you know, and I, you know, I'm riding around my tractor and do chores and stuff. And I, I like the horse because, you know, there's no gas fumes. And to be quite honest with you, horse guys, uh, my horse can go places the most expensive Polaris four wheel drive can't go. That's and I right. think that is cool as hell. <laughs> and, yeah. um, you know, uh, up in steep inclines, jump bodies of water and Hey, we'll go through those weeds. And I mean, just, it's pretty flipping amazing. Now I will have to tell you a, a funny story where we were going riding through a pretty wild area and, um, a branch caught me pretty good. And so, you know, I get the wifely finger says, that's why you need a helmet. And, um, um, so I, I probably do, but I still don't have one, but, um, yeah, I, I like it a lot. I respect the animal and I think the the animal respects me in a, in a horsely way. I, we, we don't abuse our animals and, and tell everybody where you bought your saddle. I thought this was funny. Um, I have to work in Houston a lot. We're in South Texas and, um, I kind of keep an eye on pawn stores around <laughs> guns and good <laughs> values and stuff. And uh, this particular pawn store um, had a variety of saddles, and one of them was in pretty good shape, and it looked pretty big. And uh, so I negotiated and bought it and promptly called Mary and said, well, you know, you got me this Christmas present, so I bought my saddle. Because she... She got me a horse, but she didn't give me any tax. So what am I supposed to do with a horse I can't ride? <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, I bought my saddle at a pond store, and I brought it home. And she was like, well, this isn't a very good brand. I go, well, I wouldn't know a good brand from a bad 
brand, but you know, I've been using it for the last year and a half and it seems to function just fine for me. So, uh, <laughs> you know, guys know something I don't know about my saddle. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, because I, this is a first of all the episodes we've done. Uh, I, we've never had anybody buy their saddle at a pawn shop. So that's a first, David, <laughs> we're going to write this one yeah, down. You, <laughs> you guys would be surprised that it's pretty standard fare in most pawn shops down here in South Texas. I bet now, it is. <laughs> most, of those, <laughs> bet it is. <laughs> most of those are pretty beat down, but this particular pawn shop um, had quite the variety. And like I said, um, it was in good shape, and it looked like maybe they didn't sell a lot of them and they were negotiable. And so, yeah, I bought my, my um, saddle out of pawn shop. Well, let's start. Your Mary is an instructor. Did you ever take lessons with her? And if so, how did that go? Because I tried it with Jennifer, with my wife, because she was an instructor too, and it didn't go well. I I ended up then taking lessons from somebody else completely because it wasn't going well with the whole husband and wife thing. And I concur. So, I had the same experience. Um, no, I didn't take lessons. I don't listen well, uh, in general, <laughs> uh, like to instructions. And so, <laughs> and, and so, um, I think I'm pretty representative to the male breed. And so, no, I threw, you know, I took, taken some instruction to put all the kit on my, you know, the head tie downs and all the different things that we have to do to put the tack on the horse. And so I, I finally gotten that down, but as far as riding, yes, there was a fair amount of instruction and, I reached a point on the fourth or fifth ride that I had to put her a little bit in check. And I said, honey, you're taking the fun out of this for me. <laughs> if I make a mistake and come off of the horse, I'll learn. And pretty much the instruction stopped at that point. <laughs> and you but, never had that problem, Steve, right? Because you're taking instructions for, or taking lessons from somebody else. So I don't think you ever yeah. had that problem, right? Yeah, but I, I would go home and I would talk to Camilla about well, this happened and have you got, how, how do I, how do, how do I, how do, how do I make this not happen in future? If the horse does this, what do I do? So I sort of got extra help, but not, not while I was on the horse afterwards. So that I, I, I suppose that helped me learn, learn some things more quickly because Camilla's massively experienced, a massively experienced rider. So she's, she's got, you know, so much more experience than me. So she's probably encountered whatever situation I'm going to encounter. She's probably done that before or seen that before or had it happened to her before. So I could ask her about her, you know, what do I do to, so that this happened? What do I do so this doesn't happen again? Right. And then, and so she was able to help me learn much more quickly, do advance up the classes more more quickly than than most folk i guess does she really like that you're really getting into this or is she a little jealous that you're really getting into this i think she really likes that it's something we can it's something we can share it's mm -hmm. something we can do together so the main question that almost all of them had jill has this question and jessica had this question and i don't think we can answer it but we, we can try and they're they both have non-horsey husbands who haven't gone horsey at all. So they're, they want to know any advice for the reluctant horse hubby to actually participate in horsey activities. I think the, my advice would be to start simple. Like when I, the first time I rode, the person leading, leading us from, from the yard we were at gave me all of 
30 seconds of instruction forward backwards left right stop and nothing nothing more nothing on how to sit nothing you're doing it wrong just how to hold the reins and forward backwards left right stop so nothing you know and and that was enough to start with and enjoy it rather than a whole heap of instruction and you're doing it wrong and you know going overboard with that and also to start outside because starting in a school is isn't is just nowhere near as exciting as starting <laughs> yeah good, just, that's good advice it is good advice actually i didn't think about it that way but you want to make it fun and not not be you want you want somebody picking at you the whole time you're doing something for the first time it just takes a lot of the fun out of it david how oh, about buying you? your husband a horse right <laughs> off the bat <laughs> Yeah, I I know I know that one of these girls who's asking this question and that would not work with with hers. You know, I don't think you're going to convert all of them, David. What what's your thought on that? Well, I, you know, I, I'm different, or there's probably not going to be a lot of other people in our circumstance. So we're 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 building something for our retirement, um, kind of with our smaller cattle ranch. We're we're running twenty head, and so. For me, it was the love of animals, you know, and um, I, I respect animals and my cows or dogs or these horses. And so there's the love of, of the animal. And then I have a, a ultimate goal of learning how to move my cattle with my horse. And so um, we're, we're looking at dude ranches and stuff out in the western United States, someplace that we could work a cattle drive because that's my progression. That's my goal is that my horse isn't just um, something for pleasure, but it, it's actually a working part of our ranch. Wow. And so I, I got a unique set of circumstances that's my driver. I, that is that is unique, and it, there's not too many people that are going to have that. And I, I do want to mention, I get this plug in while while you mentioned that we're actually doing a clinic with uh, the Carters in New Mexico, uh, and it's going to be on working cattle. It's going to be a, the, I think it's the last weekend in June. I'll make sure Mary gets the information, but it's going to be the whole weekend. They're feeding us chuck wagons, the whole thing. But you're actually going to get lessons on working cattle because they have a several thousand acre cattle ranch, um, and. It's it's a horse radio network sponsored event, and uh, our listeners are invited to come up and and spend the weekend uh, learning how to work cattle. So that's something that's going to be happening uh, coming up here shortly. You know, I don't know what Joseph how Joseph feels, but there's just some guys that aren't going to be interested. I mean, and you probably knew that when you married them. Now they may get a little more interested as time comes. Maybe they go on a ride. Maybe they do what Steve did. But for the most part, I think they're. You know, there's just going to be some guys that are still going to prefer to play golf or, you know, or gamers and don't aren't going to be ever into horses. Which we've heard that. But what strikes me about both both David and Stephen is that both of them exceeded their wife's expectations that that for for everyone that that you just can't make them ride a horse, it doesn't resonate you're going to have the ones like me and you and, and the ones that once given the opportunity, it's like, wow, what a, what a blessing to have this sentient being that allows us to ride on it and, and interact with it. And, um, and then from there, it's, it's a pretty wonderful thing. And my, my wife, when I got so heavily into horse riding, she, she just stood back and went, Holy cow, you know, what have I, what have I done here? And, um, for me, it was, you know, it's been a fabulous ride. I wish I was well, and I, 20 I years younger. 
I, I concur with Stephen and, and, um, that, you know, this is something that we can do together. And, um, there's so many things that we don't do together or we don't take time to do. And, um, you know, she's my partner and she's the love of my life. And so, yeah, I'll try it. And gee, I like it. And, and I'm going to turn it into a, uh, not so, only something enjoyable, yes, but potentially a tool as we work our cattle, even in a more humane way than rounding them up with a noisy, smelly ATV. So, yeah. No, that's kind of why I took up driving because I didn't. I still don't like riding. I'm not a rider, but I took up carriage driving so I could go out with Jennifer, and we do now almost every weekend go out to a trail somewhere together, and we go out together. I'm just in the carriage and she's riding, so we we found a way to do that too. So I get what you're saying there, David, for sure. Um, but I, Steve, it's getting pretty late for him over there, but I got to tell you, Steve, on a personal note, we're coming over to Scotland next year. We want to spend a week or two. On my bucket list before I died was getting to the Edinburgh military tattoo, so I, I want to do that uh, next year. So we're going to be heading over your way and do the tour of Scotland. Cool. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's something we've always wanted to do as well. Yeah, it looks like a blast. I mean, I've watched it on yet. TV, but we've never done it in person. Well, Steve, thank you so much for staying up so late. We really appreciate thank it. You. And uh, thanks for listening to Horses in the Morning. You're welcome. Thank you. you guys, take care. All right. Uh, thanks, David. For, thanks, David, for joining us. Appreciate it. And uh, good luck thanks, on the ranch. David. What well, is interesting when you hear about all the different uh, variations of horse husband there is out there, and you know, I do feel for the women, and I've met many of the, I've met some on the cruise, on the horse lovers cruise, uh, who have husbands that are just never going to be into it, and you know, a lot of them are just never going to be into it. It's just the way it is. They're just not. As long as the hus- horse horse husbands will support their their wife's love of the horse, I think they're going to get ninety nine percent of the benefit of of. And I, husband, the jealousy of the time, we've talked about this before, uh, I think it does help when, yeah. when your particular horse husband has a hobby that also takes up time. Yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah. Then, then there isn't that guilt there all the time when you go to the barn and every night for two hours and don't come home. I think that does help. Uh, but if, you know, if, if your particular husband doesn't have a hobby they're addicted to, then I, I think that's where that problem rears its ugly head more often. Remember, everybody, tomorrow morning, 9 a.m., it'll be Jennifer and Tara live from the Kentucky Horse Park at the beautiful Alltech Arena for Road to the Horse. So they'll be sharing some of that excitement, have a bunch of guests for you. And I know you you all like to listen to Jennifer and you all like to listen to Tara. So I think two of them working together is going to be great for this particular coverage that we're doing there at Road to the Horse. Go to horseradionetwork.com. You'll find the link there or just click the live button on the app on the Horse Radio Network app right on your phone, and you can listen to the live coverage. We will be putting it out immediately, as always, as a podcast, so if you miss the live, you'll be able to listen to it probably by noontime the next couple days, which leaves me here, Joseph, handling everything else all by myself. Everything. I gotta, I gotta like feed the horses. I gotta do all the rest of the shows. It's responsibility. I don't know. I know it's terrible, and I'm just trying to figure out which supplement goes with which horse. Oh, she's what got that down. She has charts and and chalkboards, and that's all down pat. 
Uh, Jennifer's very organized. Scales, when it goes to that. how much yep, weight each flake is supposed to be. And, and I always take little two, blue. I take always take what she says and give my pony a little extra, which is why he's fat, and I get yelled at a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, us well, husbands. That's another show. Is that's what right, we're supposed that's to right. do when their wives are going. <laughs> that's right. That's true. That is true. All right, uh, and Joseph, where can people find you again? Uh, find us at Equity Manufacturing. That's E-Q-U-I-T-E-E-M-F-G.com. EquityManufacturing.com. And, of course, you can find links to today's guests and show notes at HorsesInTheMorning.com. You can follow us on Facebook. Just search for Horses in the Morning. And, as I mentioned, the app, you can download, if you don't have it yet, all 17 of our shows are on the Horse Radio Network app. It's free. Just search, uh, go uh, to the App Store, iPhone or Android. You'll find Horse Radio Network in there, and it's simple and easy to use. That's it. Uh, Thank you to EquityMFG.com for being our sponsor today. And Joseph, we will see you the fourth Thursday of next month for another Horse Husbands episode. And I thank you for the time this month, Glenn. And to your listeners, don't forget to spay, neuter, and gel. 